Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Traders Rahapa podcast. We're here today to talk about Traders New Zealand, episodes three and four, a.k.a. week two of Traders, a.k.a. are the are the New Zealand faithfuls the best faithfuls we've ever seen on the <laughs> show? Find out in about 20 minutes when we talk about them. I am, of course, your host, Puyazin McKeely, ready to break things down once more. And with me is my lovely co-pilot. The global one, the international one. It is Shannon Gus. Shannon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Puya. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that New Zealand traders, I think, continues to be scintillating stuff. And yeah, it becomes a question of like, are they the best trader hunters ever? Definitely, I feel like Brody is singularly the best trader hunter I've ever seen as one person in the body of work that she has, probably for a very <laughs> short amount of time. I feel like her days are numbered. Uh, but then it's like, oh, well, then also are the traders the worst traders we've had? Is it the other that, thing? Yeah. Or, and I don't even, I don't even really think so. I think it's probably a combination of like, Rody specifically is great. There are some great trader hunters. And then also they all know each other. Maybe that's the that, thing. I like, think it's, that's it's the, the biggest cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. 
So I think that's that's what it is. Yeah. We have now watched four episodes of what we believe to be a 10 episode run. So we're almost halfway there, believe it or not. And it has been incredible to watch. New Zealand, like we said last week, is the one of the few franchises who's on its first season, whereas the other ones are going to be on their second. So they've already had the trial and error. I'm feeling like New Zealand took notes now. I'm comfortable enough in saying I feel like New Zealand has taken notes or at the very least this crop of competitors, faithfuls and traders have watched or understand the game better than most would otherwise because it has been a fascinating watch. I've absolutely loved it. I feel like the cast they've put together has been incredible. There's personalities I really like. There's people I do not want to see get murdered or banished. And uh, we have a lot to talk about here, Shannon. Should be a good time. There's so much. I can't believe they got another traitor in. Like every week we kill a traitor, but then they get seduced, which I really like, I feel is, is a strange word for them to use as the, like, I feel like, you know, they don't necessarily get recruited, but could we have used something else other than like, cause I have it in my notes. It's like the murder, the banishment, the seduction. I just feel like it's weird. Yeah. and doesn't really well, fit. Cause you're getting in bed with the enemy, right? Maybe, right. it's, but it's no a one very said literal that. Literal interpretation, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's so interesting because it's this revolving door concept. It's this like banishment to if it's a traitor, which it often apparently is <laughs> two out of three times. Um, it's a ridiculous record, and then it goes to the kill versus seduction decision, and it's such a fluid game. And I'm so interested in the repercussions of like what this means to even vote out traitors. And that's, I think, building what has we talked about has always been true of the traders in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, in this in this game where people can ever be recruited or seduced, what do you gain? But when it's like such a fluid key concept, what does that mean for the faithfuls? What does it mean for the traders? I'm really excited to get into it because I feel like it's just like 40 chess strategy. Um, and even like we talk about like, is this the, the best faithfuls ever? Is this like the best they've ever done? What have they gained? All that the traders are able to do is just strengthen the, their team as they want to. So it kind of like the, well, I mean, the two that have gone, <laughs> that sucks for them. But for Dan, he's getting away truly with murder. So it's really, really interesting to me. Yeah. Well, my, the thing I absolutely love about traders thus far, and um, by that, I mean, every, like the show, the format as a whole, without spoiling anything from any of the other franchises, I absolutely love that this is the fourth season I'm watching. I've watched, UK, AU, US, and now New Zealand, none of them have started the same. None of them have felt the same. It's similar. It's the same format, but it's different action and different stuff. And I absolutely love that because it's answering a lot of questions that I've had when I first started and it's making things more abundantly clear. So like Shannon said, we, by the end of episode four, have our second trader banished second out of three round tables, which is incredible a feat not done on any of the other franchises and i absolutely love getting the question answered for me which was so are y'all just going to keep letting traders come in until closer to the end the answer is yes as early as episode two they had the option to seduce or uh murder and if they seduce then they cannot murder that night and they opted to murder that first time around but then they will end up seducing the second night yeah, so that's the thing is that then it's like always an open invitation. And I think that I would, and we're going to need to sit with what this format means because I always felt like a little weird about the other formats where I like 
the it wasn't you couldn't or it was more of a twist when you could seduce it wasn't like built into the format so it was like kind of again like mafia or werewolf that was more stagnant but then the twist would change it all up i'm like this has so many ramifications but it's confused about what it's doing because it's not fully baked into the format it's like two halves of two different things if that makes sense whereas this is part of the format which again as we said makes it a very different game um but at least it's it feels consistent where they like again the players are very aware when there's been um well when someone's been attempted to recruit they don't know if it's necessarily happened but it probably has um they're aware that no one dies that night so there's a transparency around it and it's kind of like this you know fluid game of teams that are always moving and I think it does make, you know, what everyone's aiming for a little bit different. But yeah, it's just fascinating to me because I was thinking about it with Brody. I was thinking about it even before this week. And then Brody just went out this week and built on last week. I said three cheesy points last week, just in terms of the read. This week was even more incredible. She didn't have a wrong read yet. Like I I would love to see Brody on Survivor because I love a read like that where she was not high on the mic vote at all, not loving the Vander vote. I love that she will come in with really obvious like she can think like a trader so to say oh well they like you know um chris couldn't like vanda wouldn't have killed chris when vanda just voted for chris because that's way too obvious would she really have done that things like that like this is a pile on again she will stop what feels like you know savvy group thing but is actually illogical and point it out and go on on a limb to do it which is amazing her read of matt when so many people trusted matt wow that would be genius i'd never i'd never see it coming to completely go out on a limb when the only person who'd really said his name before was Mike, who they had killed, was amazing. <laughs> Just at every turn, her reads were ridiculous. But then you become like, what did what did Brody earn? What did she gain from the you know the four episodes of best reads I've ever seen in the traders? Yeah. Just a giant target on her back, and yeah. I'm pretty sure a murder. Like if oh. if they know what they're doing, she's dead <laughs> next if episode when we wake up. We get to episode five, and Brody is not the one they murdered, and they murdered some of the other people they had on the list, which was Kings. If they murder Kings instead of Brody, <laughs> they deserve to lose. Give the money to the faithful yeah. because um, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. They said that we could kill Colin who people are sus on anyway. Like they should keep him around. He's like a good red herring. They're like, we could kill Colin because then it's a message to Brody to not be so vocal. I'm like, or we could kill Brody. I think Brody's done. Even if she is bring her back for the all-star season. If this is four, <laughs> four episodes of Brody, she has been elite in what she has been able to work out in terms of the traders but yeah it's like what does brody gain from that like what do the faithfuls gain from killing record numbers of traders like because because they gain some information and as we've seen they're not even super sure on how to assess that information like i thought that dylan and he seemed to think was like definitely innocent because lauren voted for him like i was like this is such a prize he said it was like basically a bag of faithfulness um, a badge of faithfulness that's a Sounds like a bad name and also one that's difficult to say. Um, but he, he seemed to think it was that. And they still were like, no, maybe it was revenge against another traitor. They were like, sus on that. So it's information that is hard in itself to interpret. And the most important thing is that it opens up a slot for you to be recruited as a, as a trader, which is the best space to be, even when there's transparency around recruits. Um, that's great. But you have no control of that being you and it probably doesn't help you. So from a faithful perspective, this early on, all you're really doing by killing traders is putting them on alert. If you're the kind of person like Brody, who's that right. And that vocal putting a target on your back to either be recruited, or maybe if you have that much power and leverage, like Brody actually die, um, which is hard. And also giving them the flexibility to either kill or recruit to like 
build up their perfect team. Like the fact that they had a space that Lauren had left to recruit Brooke probably saves Dan's whole game. Like that was a massive win for him. So I feel like the faithfuls, as good as they've been in terms of killing traders, have not actually gained a lot. And the traders, just Dan, the, the last remaining trader, he can like build a dream team and he's had so much flexibility <laughs> to navigate this, which I think is amazing for him. Well, that's the fascinating thing for me about this game is that people can be suspicious of you for the dumbest reasons. So much so where they're like, well, Lauren voted for Dylan on the way out. So maybe it was a self-report of like, yeah, Dylan backstabbed. It's Dylan. It's like, okay, that's a reach uh, for sure. But it is, this is what fascinates me about this show is that yes, you can seduce and put together a dream team. Like you said, right? You, you were like, you know what? Brody's really good. Let me bring Brody in. If she's if she says yes, then she's kind of a voice of reason for the faithfuls and they'll follow her every word. But also we have seen on this show that traders can trader on trader crime is very mm-hmm. much allowed. And As it should be. Now. Yeah. You bring a savvy person in, they might take you out immediately and very much carve their path to the end. To answer your question of what did Brody achieve? This is what I'm feeling about being a faithful. Two weeks wins. Two weeks of Julie wins. That's what yeah. At least you gain that. Yeah. You get, they, first of all, show where we're not doing that. Yeah. You get public praise because typically on a trader season in a sea full of faithfuls, most of them are, are running around blindfolded, whereas you are here handling your business out in front and calling shots and also push like pushing away from a pylon vote when you think it's wrong, which is very bold to do because there's going to be a target on you. I think that the ideal faithful play is you want to ride in the middle where you are looking like a good enough faithful that the faithfuls don't banish you, but also not out in front so much so that you are going to get clipped for being a huge threat or clipped because no one's going to really care or investigate this person uh, or this murder if we take out someone who's been very quiet like being in the middle is the best but if you're in Brody's shoes where right now you can't help it it's too late you're out in front I think the best case scenario for you as Brody is seduce me seduce me right here right now bring me into the fold because I'm an asset to you because if they don't do that and you know so for let's play this scenario out Shannon they left us with a short list of people who they were looking to murder at the end of episode four. And uh, Brody's one of them. Kings is the other one. And uh, who was the third one that Colin. I uh Colin. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, which was um, crazy. I feel Colin's like a horrible yeah. move. He's got so many eyes on him. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he, he should not be touched with the murder at all. But if they come out of the murder and they killed Colin and Brody's there and Brody names Brooke as someone she is suspicious of, what are they going to do? Brooke has to survive that night and they have to seduce Brody. Really, that's all they have left to do at that point. Um, So I think that either you murder Brody or you seduce Brody in this this nighttime. That was the only move. You got to pick one of the two directions. But Brody was always going to be the name on that parchment, no matter what the uh, parchment entailed. Yeah, like, well, yeah, we were skipping to the end here in terms of, it was very much like a Brody week, I think, and I totally agree, like, you either, because there's pros and cons when you have someone like Brody who's instigating everything and who's so, firstly, so correct, and to this point, while there hasn't been another seduction slash recruitment, um, super innocent, like, to the point where, like, she she stopped the pile on of Robbie, but, like, maybe Robbie's still suspicious, and then she stopped the pile on of Vanda, and maybe Vanda's still suspicious, but now she's so clearly innocent having called out Matt, like, I know that there can be trader on trader violence, but 
cheap, like <laughs> it would be impossible, I feel, to be that stable um, and be a trader. It would be, it would, that would be too aggressive to, to lead it the way that she has, although we are seeing some international iterations that, you know, that might happen. But I think she's a super, super solid faithful. So what, like, if you're going to, I think this is the perfect time to murder her because if Matt stayed around, you you couldn't murder her because then it becomes, well, like she's so sus on Matt, like then it must become Matt. But now that he's gone, it's such a clear neutral vote. Mm-hmm. Any trader would want to do it. It doesn't point the finger at Brooke or Dan specifically in any way, but it, it is any single person being like, if she works out that it's us, which she almost definitely will because she's so good at this, then we're done for. But because Matt's gone, it's not like a specific thing. And if you want to recruit her, which is definitely, I agree, the only other option here, um, I really like what Dan was saying, and I feel like he narrates the strategy really well of being a trader. Um, he was saying it's all about like influence and trust. Now, mm. Brody has the influence, but do you have the trust of her? And I feel like the issue with Brody is that she has more leverage than you do, other than mm. being able to be like, well, there's been a seduction, like she's the clear one to seduce and trying to do that and like besmirching what has been, you know, a very, very good reputation to this point when everyone else has a little bit of a question mark on them. She is still going to have, you would think she's come, she's going to come in with the most goodwill um, other than looking at, well, she seemed like an obvious one to seduce. So then it becomes, if she wants to, like she's been so right. Well, now she's right about you. You've given her the information and do you right. have the trust? Whereas and she can like, just like get you voted out that she can get you banished exactly. next immediately, which that's the yeah. thing is like, do you have enough trust in your relationship with Brody where if Brody comes on board? Brody's not going to hit you with a double cross. Whereas like with the Brooke recruitment, it was a slam dunk for Dan. Yeah. This was yeah. the best recruitment. Also, uh, Brooke was full on suspicious of Dan. 80%. Yes. So, and I did love, I, we got a lot from Brooke this episode. Now quickly, before we get there though, Shannon, can you remind me when they, when the seduction night happened and no one got murdered, mm-hmm. I believe at the table, there was conversation of, well, th- this could be a, they recruited and, and someone said no. So yeah. does anyone want to own up to that? Did Paul come in and confirm that someone was seduced or no? Because if no, this adds a whole fun wrinkle to the game to me. I don't think anyone ever confirmed. Yeah, it wasn't confirmed. Okay, that's what I thought. Because that makes it interesting with the recruitments now. Or sorry, with the seductions now. Because if you seduce, people could just assume that, no, we're all faithful and no one took the bait. Go us. Whereas you might have just added, they might have added a trader into the mix as well, a new trader. So you don't necessarily know what the numbers are going to be throughout the season, which I think makes the end game rather interesting for me. I agree. And I think that's something that like the traders could, well, it would be good for for the traders if that was believed, you know, there's no extra trader. But I think for me, I've not watched UK traders yet, but it's just so overwhelmingly likely that they will accept. I haven't seen anyone reject the seduction yet for many reasons, including it's way easier to win as a, <laughs> as a trader. And it's way more fun to play this way. And it's especially great to be a recruited trader, even if people are aware that there's been recruitments, because like it's really, really great when people aren't aware that's like a slam dunk game. But it's great to be a recruited trader, try and use some of that goodwill. And then, you know, you have way more agency. You can't be killed in the nighttime phase. So that's like half the time where you could possibly go. Like your game's much more in your own hands, where you could be seen as like really guilty, but you have control over that, hopefully. Um, whereas I feel that there's a lot more ambiguity or not really like you you have some control if you're going to get murdered because 
it could be something you've done if you pointed the finger, but it is at the end of the day, like I feel like fully the agency of whatever the traders are wanting to do. Um, I think if there's like a group vote, at least you're in the room, you can talk about it. Like there's so much more agency. Like I would, everyone would want to be a trader. Like basically, I know we saw some people say some different things in the first episode, but I think it's highly likely that people will say yes. I think that they will approach people that they think will say yes. And as Brooke even says, if you don't say yes, then you'll piss off the traders and then they might kill you even more. Like you, it's right. like, then, so the odds I think of someone saying no are so so low that if no, if everyone comes to breakfast, I would just assume. I think it's best to assume that it's like ninety percent or higher that a trader has been recruited. Yeah, and and who knows? Maybe it's happened before. Maybe it hasn't. I'm yeah. not going to confirm nor deny. Let me know. But... It's, that's fine. Did that happen? In, did that happen in UK trading? That they? I don't know. We'll see, Shannon. You can tell me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what's the call? Uh, well, that's the thing, right? Is that to me, whether or not you think you'd be good at being a trader, because I've, I've said this vocally, I would love to play as a trader would be so much fun, but I don't think I could hide it. I think I would get caught very quickly. But that being said, if I'm recruited or seduced, I'm not saying no, because just the paranoia of the traders being like, oh, they said no, they might be, they might figure us out. We need to get rid of them anyway. That doesn't work. I think the, uh, that might be against your favor. The other thing is you can't be honest about saying no because no one's going to trust that you're being honest. They're like, oh, this is classic. This guy's maneuvering by saying I didn't do it. So we don't look at him again, but he did do it. And that's suspicious or yeah. just uh, nope, I just don't believe it. Or even if they do believe it now, the traders are like, well, if you're now confirmed faithful to everyone, there's no point to yeah. keep you here because there's no suspicion on you. You're damned yeah. if you do, damned if you don't. If you are recruited, whether you have a good poker face or not, you got to take it just because it grants you immunity from getting murdered. And yeah, banishment's yeah. still an issue, but that was always an issue. So just play the best to your abilities to like navigate that. I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think for the traders, if I look at like one big mistake that they made this week, like for Matt, like for Matt, I feel like it was a lot of the sins of the past in terms of like not going down, well, not allowing Lauren to just like be murdered or banished last week, um, and like kind of going down with the ship a little bit, and that like people were still looking at his errant votes, and it, it couldn't like overcome the reputation, the the stick that he was trying to do was kind of like the aloof, bumbling guy. But I really think, and I and I hope this isn't revisionist history because we were very high on Brody last week in terms of like how good she. Well, I was like super high on like how good she was at identifying. I would give you the stuff. credit. I would say that you were you saw more in Brody than I did, and now I've I've seen the ways, and you had the well, right she, read yeah. from the jump where she, she definitely she built on it. it. Yeah. I think they really should have killed Brody. Like I really think, like when they oh, killed yeah. Chris, like just like starting out the week. Um, and Brody wasn't even in the conversation. And we thought, I thought at first that they should kill Dylan. So I didn't even say Brody. So maybe it is extreme revisionist history, but like Brody really needed to die. Um, <laughs> Dylan was more suspicious than I definitely would have thought given um, the Lauren vote. And Brody was so onto it. Well, I'm saying was like she's already gone. <laughs> she might live, but Brody <laughs> was so onto it and already had like had, had such I, i've just never seen a better faithful everything she said was on point she's so right it's not about she said it not it's not about like the one instance we talked about it last week like misspeaking although again maybe australian traders is like a little bit proving me wrong there but it's like it's not about oh no they a little bit slipped up or they didn't look happy enough when someone got you know a trader got banished which is an easy thing 
for a trader to lie in. Like it's easy in, in the 1% in these little interactions for them to be so on. It's like the overall affect that she's been judging and she's been doing it so well. And maybe it is extreme hindsight, but if they kill Brody instead of Chris, who also had some heat on her and had voted incorrectly, we're looking at a very different week. Matt might be, a, you know, alive right now. Well, that's the thing. I don't. So I don't think that Brody really was on a radar until this point, because I do think Brody showed one of her her key capabilities last week. And that was the ability to stop a pylon from happening on the wrong person. That is a huge disadvantage to it to the traders, because hmm. typically one of the reasons why some people will look at traders and be like, this doesn't seem like a balanced show is because. All it takes is one pylon and then everyone's voting the wrong person out every week, which happened for a lot of traders US until they got the right one. Mm -hmm. um, being able to stop that automatically makes the job of the traders harder because they have to be a little bit more vocal to maybe push the target back onto the pylon if they want to. Alternatively, if that doesn't happen, you're, you're going to have a lot of little cluster votes that could end up landing on a trader. So that yeah. was already one of the things that was emerging, but we had only seen it happen once with Robbie. So that was fine. It was also like the first couple of banishments. That's fine. Then it happened again with Vanda, this episode uh, yeah. where, where she was able to say, Hey, last week you were trying to pile on on Robbie. No, this week you're trying to pile on here. No, but then also having the trader radar, the trader, if you will, yeah. um, that really helps and really, again, makes Brody the biggest target to me uh, so much so that I do not remember the gentleman's name in Traders AU. I want to say it was Chris. There are many, many people on these shows. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Right, he was like he was the, really good friends with Marielle, and he had a really good trader. Yeah, he had the yeah. good trader, and they clipped him. They clipped him, and yes, it's the most obvious kill. But that's good for multiple reasons. First of all, the person with the best trader and the best ability to keep people from pile on voting is gone. Second, it might even discourage people to get vocal like Brody did, which is what you need. You like as the traders, you don't want to be the most vocal at the table because if you're wrong, that might put eyes on you. So if they keep Brody, maybe they're hoping on, OK, hopefully we get back to the day and then Brody thinks Kings is bad and really pushes Kings, who is absolutely a faithful. Then she's going to be looked at as suspicious. That's a way you could look at it. But the, you don't want someone that has that much power in the game because the faithfuls typically do not have power. So if someone rises to power through both influence and their own ability to read, they are just as dangerous as you. They only can't murder at night. And that's not what you yeah. want. Yeah. I mean, I know it had only happened with Robbie, but I was so impressed with it because it was so rare. You know, like it, that's what we like said last week that, and as you're saying, in all the other formats, the pylon just will happen and people are so desperate to like think you don't of want to be the first is. one banished i don't want to be the first one banished i'll take exactly. any oh you and, think and that let's go i'll just vote there just throw it there and, they, and they might be right like we'll say this that might be the way to do it it's like whether again like is it even great for them if she is a traitor does it really matter you just want to stay around and like mm -hmm. again is it more about positioning and perception and how the traders are seeing you in a way that you won't die and could one day be recruited at a good time when it when a banishment does happen maybe that is the thing to prioritize and if anyone's doing that intentionally rather than putting their hand up maybe that is better play um but i i think that i don't think that the, the game meta has evolved to that point yet i think that as good as they are it still is you know the intentionality is very much around let's get out these traders um but i do think the positioning should be like just survive the more i think about it and survive in a great place to kind of get to those things down the road um but for, for brody 
in terms of like her thing is being to be a, a traitor hunter. I don't know how that was going to be the way to win the game, but <laughs> in terms of how impressive this thing was, it was just like in every other franchise, Robbie just would go. And she, to, to, to A, have the read and to B, go out on the limb was just so, and, and, and the first banishment was so impressive to me. And now she's built on it where it's clearly like a massive skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I definitely think that they should have, they, if they'd known, maybe, maybe, and, Maybe once the Vanda thing had happened, then, but at that point they feel like they really had to recruit Brooke, which was its own issue, and we can talk about that. But maybe hindsight's twenty twenty. But if Brody had, Brody had gone, you know, it could have been Dan. Her read is so good at, you know, it was Matt, and it could have been Dan. Like, they were all, they were both in extraordinary danger with a read like that and with the, you know, ability to put yourself out there to say it. So just very unfortunate that she took out two traders probably on her way out the door. I'm ready. I'm eulogizing Brody. It hasn't even happened, but that's you I are. Think. Yeah. We've yeah. spent a lot of the, the pod so far talking about someone who could very well be out by the start of episode I would five. Be shocked if she was. <laughs> it <laughs> would be incredible. Uh, and we will definitely Goodbye. get there next week. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But real quick, I do want to talk about our second fallen trader of the season, and that is Matt. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I think Matt 
played it a little poorly. I think initially he was playing it great, being the, you know, the the cast dummy is a good spot to be. Oh, I don't know what's going on. A little dodo-y. That's cool. But I think there are diminishing returns with playing the role of the fool in the cast. Because if you are still a fool through two banishments, you are then no longer helping us as faithfuls anyway. So if you are not helping and your vote is just roguely going to be placed on Colin for no reason, then we might as well get rid of you. Save, you know, get some clear some of the heads out, because also like Brooke had pointed out, Matt is stupidly beloved in this house so much so that no one wants to vote out Matt. But the grilling from Brody, the little little, cheeky little grilling, not a lot of grilling, you know, there's like the appetizer of grillings. You could tell Matt's body language was shutting down. It's like, you can play the fool. The fool is aloof, right? I don't know anything. I'm the dummy. But if the dummy starts then having a bit of like the leg shake, a little twitchy, maybe looking like they're sweating a little, that doesn't look good. Because now it looks like, oh, suddenly this matters to the point where you're getting a little bit uncomfortable. And and this is coming from someone, by the way, I do. I'm a leg shaker. I'm a big leg shaker. Oh. So um, much. I heard that that's like good exercise, and I'm like, great. Then I'm doing hey, a lot of exercise. I got my cardio in this morning. <laughs> yeah, literally. And it, I don't shake when I'm nervous. I mean, I I probably do in addition to just regularly like doing the the old like right foot leg shake, move it over to the right leg, left leg. Um, so I don't really necessarily think that's a that's a tell, no. but just watching it with with Matt there, it really felt like his body that like he was starting to close up a little bit, like because you know. Typically, the aloof one, I'm like, they're they're leaning back on the chair. Their posture is not great, but they're just, you know, they're they're vibing. And to me, it felt like he was sitting up. The leg is moving. The arms are getting a little cross. He's kind of getting into the shell a little bit. And I felt like that was the most damning evidence right there. Yeah, I think with Matt, it, it seemed like to act this way seemed to vibe with who people know and like Matt to be. Um, and I said, it's worked in the past. Like, it's the kind of thing that we talk about with someone like Jam Jam. Um, you know, like, oh, you underestimate me. But he he pushed it so hard that he had to apologize for it. Like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I act like I wasn't taking this seriously. And Literally, I'm sorry I didn't care, which is like, yeah. yeah, you should always seem like you care to be there because everyone else is fighting for their lives to be there. Yeah, I felt like he had to vote for Colin in the second banishment. or do a wrong random vote, which was again Colin, because it can't just be like, well, I voted for Colin the first time when it was, when it would have been a traitor, but now it's not. It's like now, like, is he just going to be part of the, the vote against a faithful? I would rather like, he's just the guy who kind of does his own thing. Like Vanda, who has not yet once voted with the group. And we'll talk about Vanda, but like, oh, I'm just the one who, like once he started down that road, he kind of just had to be like, this is how I vote. And like, I don't have good reads on things. And I didn't know this was happening, which again was actually true of Vanda that she didn't pick up on the Lauren thing, which was crazy. But I think that's where the issue is for me. It was less about the shtick and, and unfortunately Brody being that good at this. And for me, it's just so tied into Lauren. Like so much was on the fact that firstly, you know, it was less about this, but he did actively defend Lauren in that banishment. The only one we heard doing that. <laughs> then he's one of only four people, three that are alive the next day that didn't vote for Lauren and they're aware that at least a traitor did, but like those people are going to have eyes on them. Like that's one of the best things about killing a traitor is that you get information around that. And that's something where like the domino started falling in traders AU. And I think that was a big thing here. So it becomes, all right, you've got the aloof stick. Well, that's already something. It could be a strategy. could be who you are. We're looking into it. And you voted incorrectly defended this traitor. Is your read just that bad? And now 
What are we getting from you? We're asking you questions. You're jumping on the Vanderpile and you're not giving a lot. Is this just you? Can you offer us nothing? And even if that is all it is, as you're saying, are you even worth our while? Like at best, you're just kind of a useless trader. I mean, a useless faithful or you're a trader. So yeah, then, then, then if you're looking into it, I think it's difficult. I think if he is letting Lauren go without that and can be the bumbling aloof guy without putting as much heat on himself early on, maybe then it can be more like a general strategy rather than like, well, now you're making moves. Now like your vote has meaning. It's not just part of the big unanimous, unanimous majority. It's like something you've chosen to do in this like different way. And I think he just like never came back from that. So yeah, it wasn't for, it was really unfortunate to lose Matt. I really liked Matt. And I thought that the shtick thing should work. I liked how different it was from what Dan was doing, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. That, I like them being a little, yeah, I like that they were both different types of mm. uh, traders and players, which was great. Although I will say, y'all got to talk to each other more because why are you not just shoving your vote in for Mike at that at that banishment where Mike is the first faithful to get, the only faithful rather, to get banished from the table? And Mike had eight votes. Colin had three. Dylan had two. Julia had two. And um, Dan voted for Dylan and Matt voted for Colin. Now, are they so out of the out of the main combo that they didn't catch that eight people were going to vote a certain way? Because if I'm a trader, I understand that they in the beginning, then the, after the first banishment, they're like, oh, hmm, well, Lauren got banished. She's the traitor. One of us also probably is a traitor that voted for Lauren. That's fine. I'd rather you try and figure me out from a group of eight than mm. you are going to figure me out from a group of, I guess, seven, which is not you know, it's pretty even, but I don't want to be in the minority there because then they're like, hmm, well, yeah, we were all wrong, but we were all wrong together. Why were you wrong on an island with one other person? What did you see about this person who also, by the way, is still here? That's the other big thing is we can, we can all have the wrong vote, but if you vote wrong on someone who is still there, they might just start looking at you and coming after you anyway on a spite. So that was my big thing. I wish we saw more of Matt and Dan communicating because mm. I feel like they should have at the very least gotten on the same page with some of these votes but, where maybe yeah. Matt doesn't have egg on his face when he does when he's trying to defend Lauren. Maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's wasn't enough communication there potentially for me. I mean, I think you have to vote out the I don't understand when, when Lauren is the traitor and she's going you all and Dan does like you have to let Lauren go. And I, I agree, like at least one traitor voted for Lauren. OK, yeah, like let's like vote like that mm-hmm. maybe statistically has to be true if everyone's doing it. <laughs> let's try and work it out from the monolith. But I, the counterpoint that I would say is when Mike is going and you know that he's a faithful and he's about to reveal himself as a faithful again for someone like. Matt, who already is in the hole that he dug for himself of voting for Colin at the Lauren vote, I think that there definitely is value to just doing that kind of thing again. Oh, I didn't just do it because I didn't want to vote for a traitor. I'm just the guy who votes for Colin. You know, like it becomes more consistent to a different thing. And then for someone like Dan, especially considering that neither of them were on the chopping block like Matt is going to be, like they don't have to defend against a vote. And Mike's about to be innocent. So if Dan is going after someone else like Dylan, he's in the game, but he's also... We haven't turned his card up, you know? So maybe, you know, well, you all voted out of Faithful. I never thought it was him. It, it, I thought it was Dylan, and maybe it still is. So I think there's a, a way to look at kind of, you know, removing yourself from the group in a good way. Like, you all did the wrong thing. I might have done the right thing, um, which isn't terrible. Um, the way that they're about to screw it up in the third banishment, where they like <laughs> completely split the vote to a plurality when Matt's going to go home, that's bad. But the, the votes I understand the most win. Like, that was the one successful banishment we've had as traders. So I don't right. think we can... I don't have too much criticism of Mike actually going home 
Um, as much as, you know, that was more Dylan putting it on Mike, Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did okay in that situation. Yeah, and my only so the thing is, I don't have as much of a qualm for Dan because I do subscribe to the idea that Dan would maneuver the exact same way you highlighted, which is, well, Mike was good, so and I didn't think yeah. it was him. So I'm like looking at other people. I think Dan would say that, whereas Matt's playing the I don't know. I'm just gonna go call and I can't read you again. Um, in the midst of everything, because I don't think Matt's necessarily gonna turn on that that strategy and then bring up those counter arguments of. Yeah, I didn't really think it was him because his whole shtick is yeah. I'm I am like out of it. I don't know what's going on. And that can only carry you so far, um, especially mm-hmm. also. The other thing is, if I don't know, it's it's interesting psychology here, too, because if I've just gotten rid of a faithful, I'm feeling a little cruddy about it as a faithful. I'm like, oh, man, we just took this guy out of the game for no reason other than we thought it was him. Yeah. yeah. And everyone liked him. His money's gone. But I'm carrying this blame and Matt isn't. Matt, why did you not vote that way? Just so I know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh really? Is it you didn't know? So you have no not, no blame, nothing. You're just like living your life. No, I don't like that. Yeah. I feel like that's the other part for me is, again, playing too passive is going to be a bad spot for you if you can't back it up with a little bit more uh, gusto, a little bit more, you're, you know, firm your decision, firm it to the, to the group mm-hmm. of like, no, this is actually why I did it. If you're voting willy nilly, that could end up catching up to you. And again, I feel like Dan needed to potentially guide Matt a little bit more on the strategy front. Um, I feel like not enough of that happened, which ultimately does lead to the demise here. But, 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 they were but very different, very different characters. Absolutely. To be yeah. Which is why I think it's absolutely infinitely interesting that ultimately they end up recruiting Brooke as the third trader before Matt's demise and Dan and Brooke are good friends. They know each other. And I think they're going to work together really well at the end of the episode when they were figuring out who they were going to murder. I love that. The first thing Brooke did was you need to ask more questions and you need to be a little bit more chatty. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they're going to look at you. That is how, that's how you know that Brooke is actively going to try and keep Dan in the game and not really be like, ah, you know, if you leave, I'll just get someone else. It's fine. Yeah, well, that's what's so interesting about a traders team that is just going to replace the trader that the second that they're out, um, which is something we've seen in even like survivor alliances when people have used a similar terminology, like you can be replaced. And maybe that's true between Matt and Dan. Like, why does Dan need to help Matt so much with that? Like if, if Matt's another gonna one go, comes maybe, along, <laughs> yeah, a better one that he can like actively recruit um, and they're doing very independent things. Like, I, I agree with you, like when they're voting incorrect or well, incorrectly i mean the mic vote is in itself incorrect but when they're not voting with the group for dan i think it can come across as like strategic and especially like based on the way he's perceived and like who he is as a person but like the specific thing like i'm very susp- I'm, I'm overthinking this thing i'm not necessarily going to go with the group i'm like a good faithful in that i'm not necessarily going to go with the group but i'm going to have like my strategic insights of why i think it's someone like dylan whereas matt's thing was much more like colin you know he's like it's kind of like a joke um, and you're right. Like if, if every, as you're saying, psychologically, if you've all done this wrong vote, it's like, well, you don't have to be part of it because you're barely playing. And maybe there is like some annoyance there, or maybe you just look more at that, um, rather than someone who like, even voting with the group, it might be onto something and maybe we should listen to that guy. So what's interesting when we talk about this, like separated traders team who can replace each other at any point and shouldn't necessarily be as connected other than the fact that 
you know, one of them going to provide information, but only if they're more tied to each other, like Matt was with Lauren. If they just basically treat each other like strangers, it really doesn't matter at all to them <laughs> if the other one goes. But that isn't true for Brooke and Dan, which is so fascinating. Like, I want your opinion on how you feel them all knowing each other, these strangers, as they say in the intro, um, how you think it's affecting it. Because I actually think it's really fascinating, pretty compelling. It's not taking away from me at all. And maybe that's because I spent my whole life growing up playing werewolf friends, um, that it just kind of feels like that. Like, I really do feel like it's adding to it because there's stakes like, oh, you're upset that, you know, oh, Sam has to portray Lauren. Like, where else can you get stakes like that two episodes in where these relationships are so real? And I don't, I don't know that I would want that on every Traders franchise, but I personally think it's really working right here. I agree with that, especially we're currently in a Big Brother season where there are two people who do know each other in the game in Suri and her son, Jared. And I feel like there's quite a bit of fandom who are like, ah, this is not fair. They're going to work together blindly. It's going to be completely fine. Whereas here already we've seen the game culture shift because in that first banishment, Lauren has a friend in Sam and Sam fully is like, I'm, I'm sensing a different energy. So I think Lauren's bad here and votes out, banishes Lauren. That mm -hmm. then lends to the next time where we see two friends kind of butting heads where Brooke is like, I'm 80% sure Dan is bad, but I need 10 votes and I don't think I've got 10 votes against him right now. So I have to hold this out for later, then gets recruited. And now they're in the same bed working together. I think it's infinitely interesting. I think also seeing uh, Brooke give that, give that advice to Dan of, you need to be a little bit more chatty. You're being a little bit too preserved. That's going to cause you trouble. I think that's very fun and interesting for me to see. I do think that there's a world where these two can really, really take control of the game and push forward and do fine. Um, mm -hmm. What will be interesting, though, is if they do seduce someone else next, if that person is going to have the same level of feeling towards the two of them, because and we've seen this in other franchises where a trader gets recruited or seduced a faithful gets recruited or seduced by the traders and then they come in they're like oh wow i just watched you clip two of your traders back to back i don't trust you you're not going to work with me so for example if they bring in say i literally don't know any anyone that they're not really friends with or connected to and they come in like wow so so dan really just let lauren and matt fall like it was nothing hmm mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to work with uh, with Dan. So it's almost like being whole, like being true to your traders will help you in the seduction period where you bring someone in like, oh, they have each other's backs. They'll have my back. I'll have their back. Cool. Whereas if you've already developed a backstabby nature to the traders, they might come in and be like, ah, I got to get you before you get me. No, thank you. But that's what these relationships mm -hmm. makes make so interesting to me is that you now have Brooke and Dan in cahoots as friends who have known each other for many years, who I think are going to genuinely work together. I do not see one backstabbing the other. If the tide is too strong on one side, I could see some one of them throwing a vote on the other to just save face because like, all right, well, they're going to get nine votes. I might as well be vote number eight. Yeah, like if it gets down to the very end, maybe at that point, but it's not going to be something where it's like, oh, we've seduced this person. And now like it's it's just so tempting to. I have the leverage as, you know, someone who has been a faithful, I can use this. Because as we're saying, if being part of the traders together is meaningless and losing each other doesn't matter and you're not really part of a team, you're kind of just trying to go it alone. And actually there is probably pros to getting rid of each other, being able to seduce who you want to do, being, you know, seen in a good light. Um, then all you're doing is just 
like recruiting someone Mm -hmm. to give them information and power without any, you're not giving them any loyalty to you. That has to be ingrained. And it should be a complex thing. It should be a complex decision around like, A, should you even do that? Should you recruit someone? And if so, it has to be like the perfect choice. It's so important. And we've seen people make the wrong choice, um, particularly in Traders AU, where like that was their demise because they 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 chose the wrong person. They, they underestimated someone. Yeah, and then that person just had so much power and information to take them out. So that's why it's so interesting because it should be complicated. It should be laid. It should be this like really, you know, difficult thing. And it's not with Brooke because Brooke and Dan are friends. And it was such a, per- for Dan specifically, it was such a perfect game-saving move where I'm like, another one, Dan, as well as, you know, it could have been Dan. But Brooke is so sure of Dan because of this relationship. And we talked about that last week. Like I said, when I'm playing well, I played well for a couple of weeks ago. And how much of this podcast is going to be based around my brother's birthday party where we played werewolf. But the people, (laughs) my brother's friends who don't know me, they did not know that I was a werewolf. They could not work it out. And Peter, my husband knew. He knows me very, very well. I don't know if Dan and Brooke are quite on that level, but he can read my signals so, so well in a way that strangers absolutely could not. So that, you know, Brooke can sense that in Dan. How much is Dan knowing that? Not 100% sure, but it should always be a threat that he has to act so much better for Brooke than anyone who doesn't know him as well. And But he can't kill, he can't kill Brooke because then that's so obvious. It's like, oh, Lauren just got kind of outed by Sam. Like their past relationship was so difficult. Like who would want to kill Brooke? Oh, his friend. So it's either definitely him or someone who's want to, going to want to make it look like it's him. But let's start on that lead. So we can't kill him. So recruiting someone, I think, is a very good way if you have that trust, which is the key, which is so difficult. But it's a really great way to try and quell any of those threats of someone who could be onto you or who is onto you, who's even openly onto you without the transparency of, oh, that person is like publicly died because you don't know who's been recruited. But then it becomes about can you trust them to work with you? And with Brookie, absolutely can because they have a friendship. Yeah, I, I, this is infinitely interesting to me. I, you know, as some may know, I do host a weekly lobby where we play Goose Goose Duck, which is basically Among Us, which is basically Mafia, which is basically Werewolf. Like they're all very similar social deduction game where everyone gets a role and they play. It is so interesting to me the dynamics of games like that because you can be in the traders group or you know the the imposter or however you know the bad group essentially with two people and you're like okay these are very strong players i'm with all right i can coast i'll let them handle it i'll stay back a little bit then i'll come in when i need to or you can see the the dropping oh okay i'm clearly probably the one that needs to be a little bit more vocal or a little bit more active in the game to keep the game moving fast at the beginning, then slow down. And also there's different people, different dynamics where I'm like, mm, I think I'm going to have to sell this person out, even though they are on the same team for the betterment of, of winning. So I like dynamics like that. I think it adds some interest to it. And I initially, when we first saw that people knew each other, Shannon, I was a little bit skeptical. I thought, oh, I don't love this. This feels like it's going to make the game a little stale, but it has made it very interesting, especially because people are not afraid to vote out their own, which is, mm. I think, a lot more fun to watch play out. Yeah, this relationship between Brooke and Dan to me is so interesting because Brooke's like very sure that mm. it's Dan and he doesn't want to go for Dan because he doesn't think he can get the numbers. Now, I believe that to be a true thing he thinks because he's telling me that in confessional and he uses that terminology later when he's trying to kind of slow down a Matt thing with, with Brody, like, Oh, can you get the numbers? Don't want to take a shot if it's not going to succeed. 
Um, I don't agree with him that that would have been an issue because I think his testimony as a real friend, as Sam's was for Lauren, could turn everything. If he sits there and he's like, I know this guy and I'm just telling you as his friend, I think that's the kind of thing you do put yourself out there for if you feel that strongly about it. Um, it's like, again, do you want to do that? <laughs> again, like as a trader hunter, I think a trader hunter and a faithful are two different things. As a trader hunter, that's brilliant. Um, you'll probably get that person. I think you could get those numbers pretty easily. As a faithful, like you might die, <laughs> like for sure. Like, you know, that you just, you know, there might be a revenge vote. Um, so again, like they're, they're two different things, but I think it's something he can achieve. He doesn't necessarily think he can. I wonder if in some capacity, conscious, subconscious, I don't know. Does he not want to do it on a personal level? Um, does he see also the the benefit of having Dan as a trader, not knowing that Brooke knows him, not really being able to kill Brooke because again, it's too obvious or he could recruit him, which he does. Is he seeing those benefits again in some capacity i'm not sure i think there are a lot of reasons not to out and kill dan that aren't just i can't but like even if he is a trader he could be a good trader for me like keeping like a pet trader where you know them and they don't know that you know them and they have a reason to be loyal to you and they can't publicly kill you i think there's a lot of that that's good and that's why i want to ask you in this like twist of a game that is like fluid recruits and like this evolving game do you play this? Is this too much into thinking about it? Do you play this by going to Dan and saying, look, I know you very well. I think you're a traitor. I'm not going to, I don't want to out it for the reasons I just stated. I think, you know, A, you're my friend. B, I don't think you're going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, can you seduce me tonight? Like you have a... <laughs> <laughs> can I get into like, bed with you in this game? But like you, you, you can recruit tonight. You have a free recruit tonight. I'm not going to out you. I don't have reason to out you. I'm laying it out for you. Um, And I want to be a trader because, again, it's better to be a trader. It's great to be a recruited trader. And it's the kind of thing where, like, if Dan's a faithful, then it it definitely shows that Brooke is not a good faithful, not a loyal Mm -hmm. faithful, but is a faithful (laughs) who's asking to be a trader. I was like, yeah, I can't do anything about that. And you are innocent, but you're, like, in timeout. That's not great. And And if he's a trader, that's great. Like you, you, I guess like he could just kill him. But again, there are reasons Dan can't kill Brooke. There's leverage that Brooke has there. And it just makes so much sense for Dan, for Brooke, for everyone. Like I would just go to him and be like, if you don't work this out on your own, I'm the perfect recruit. Luckily, Dan does get there. But I kind of wonder if they should just be having that conversation. I don't know. And that's the honest answer, because I feel like I would be because I agree. I agree. Knowing if you know someone who is and you think they are a traitor, you're like, perfect. I think because they need as many allies as they can and they might think I'm I'm, you know, sculptable to what they need me to do in the game, they'll keep me alive. That's good. So for as long as they're in that in that hen house, in the in the roost, in the team, the arsenal, whatever you want to call it, then I'm good because I can just, you know, be me. They're probably going to keep me because they think I'll work for them. That's good. I think mentioning that, you know, it's them is not good because. And these are some of the things that could happen if because if let's play that out, right, where where I'm Brooke and I go up to Dan and I'm like, listen, I believe you're a traitor. Recruit me. I'm not going to tell anybody anyway. Just recruit me. Bring me over to the team. And then Dan goes into the the meeting at night and tells, you know, at that point, Matt, hey, so Brooke is a good seduction point. We should maybe go with Brooke. If Dan, if Matt says, no, I don't think that's the person and the deal doesn't go through and then they find out that, oh, OK, so last night no one died, probably a seduction. 
if I'm Brooke now, I'm like, hmm, you don't trust me. I'm in danger. I might rat you out. Or on the other side of things, if I'm Dan, now I'm thinking, well, crap, now Brooke's going to come after me because I didn't give Brooke what he wanted. And he knows that I'm bad potentially and will say something. So to me, I would not share. I would not go talk to the trader. Now, if I'm, yeah, no, I wouldn't do it because really? I just feel I like it'd be too risky. Idea. I don't, I'm not mad at your idea. I just, um, I don't trust that in a game where money's on the line like that, that people won't be like, well, there's only one winner. And if I can't recruit you, I got to end you. And I don't trust that you're going to completely work with me. So for example, if the trader is Liana for me, right? Easy conversation. I do exactly what you just said. If the trader is you, I think I would consider doing it. But then there's definitely people on the podcast network that are my friends where I would not say it because I'm like, oh, they'll try and get me out. Yeah, because we've played games with them with each other before. I know that at the end of the day, it's like, oh, yeah, we're friends. So therefore, if I if I go against you, you're not going to be mad at it. It's a game. Well, I think the more I think about it, I like it. I don't know if you have to go up and say I'm 80 percent sure. I think you could say, like, I'm still working you out. But hey, if you are a trader. You recruit me. Like I'm bored here being a fake. Like just like something that you could put out there. Because if you're Brooke, like you know you have the leverage. You know that if it is Dan, like A, you have the information. Um, you'd be giving him some information by showing that you have an inkling it's him. But you're the one who had the information that you think it's him. You have the leverage that he can't kill you without looking suspicious. So, and you and you also have the leverage that he is a traitor. You've like have this idea like you could go after him at any point if you kind of needed to as much as I don't think it's a great thing for him to go um and you could send everyone probably down that rabbit hole where they would that would become the pylon and it would be correct so I just think that he has a lot of power and I think that in thinking about it if you're going to do this and work across the aisle as like because this game is so interesting it has two things it has like prior relationships of I'm close to you even though we're in different teams like quote unquote teams mm-hmm. um, closer than I am to my other teammate. I also, as we're saying in this like fluid game, don't have a lot of benefit in necessarily working with my quote unquote team. Like for Dan working alongside Brooke, who's a faithful and kind of hitting it from both angles until you can recruit him, whatever it is working alongside at that point, even with some knowledge of each other, it's something that's interesting to me and may have been be of more use. I don't even know if this is making sense, but maybe of more use than working with Matt who just is happens to be a trader with you, but does that matter? Like it's an individual game. And I think that kind of constructs this into more of a survivor type game of like, it's individual, it's big groups and it's votes. And it's not necessarily as team based as we've seen, but the teams are prior relationships, AKA alliances. And it doesn't necessarily matter where you fall as much on the spectrum of, of as we've discussed at length, faithful and trader, because there's not a lot of utility to keeping fellow traders or for faithful fellow faithfuls and, and necessarily being a trader hunter as we've said so does that become just a more fluid strategic game that's way more alliance based across the aisle yeah i don't i don't know it's, is this it's too high concept i'm just it's just coming to me now but i kind of like it it's i mean kinda... this is a show that's still in its infancy where we've had like you know some of them are getting to season two and that's really where we are so any <laughs> yeah. ideas interesting to talk about um I genuinely think it depends on the relationship you have with the person or like the connection or the closeness, because, um, you know, if you're on the show and you're going for that money, you're like, at the end of the day, the odds of me winning that money with my friend are lower than me winning the money solo, because 
it, then the friend has to recruit me and then I got to ride with them and then we got to get to the end and then we got to not backstab each other to get more of the money. Like I would be infinitely skeptical. I would try and keep as much information as I can to myself and then oh, but try I'm and go from to there. like win together. I'm just saying that working together with people you genuinely trust, be it people you meet and like in the game, in the situation, people you know from outside, much oh, like Survivor, sure. it's I an individual it's- game. Like mm-hmm. I, I expect you're going to win individually, but having that trust, like true trust, will further your own games. And that relationship and trust, no matter where you are on the faithful trader spectrum, is way, it's much more a spectrum now, is way more <laughs> important than whatever team you happen to be in where it's actually not as relevant. Yeah, like definitely you want to win individually at a point. But how can we work together through, again, fluid recruitments, um, you know, even if we're on different sides, knowledge, trust. And it's really much more about like alliances and trust for me to further your game to an individual win. And now I'm just survivifying the traders and I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, so this is uh, yeah. Okay. So if I'm the trader and this offer gets brought up to my desk, I think I go for it. I think I, I think I would first. There's mutual benefit. I would deny it to your face though. I would say I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the trader, but that yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. like that makes me yeah. feel good that you think we could work well together. Um, yeah. Do you have any inklings, whatever. Then I recruit you and I'm like, yeah, listen, I was gonna, yeah. I wasn't going to tell you then, but now you know. Uh, I think that is probably the move. If I'm the faithful, I would be honestly a little too scared to to reveal that I'm on to the friend, especially if I don't know necessarily if they're like, if because all it takes is for me to maybe uh, you know twitch or let my eye deceive you incorrectly and make it seem like I do not trust you. Then you're like, oh, he's on to me. Get him out. No, let's just murder him. That's easier for me than I can play with a clear head and not have to like deal with what feels like not blackmail, but feels like I have eyes on me from a friend who is now going to, you know, look at me. So I would be way more paranoid as a as a faithful to do that. But if if you all came to me as a non uh, trader and we're like, hey, you're a trader. Recruit me. Let's do this together. I'm like, yeah, OK. I would be. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why you do it. It's because it makes so much sense for someone like Dan, like way more sense, as we're saying, for so many reasons, like to deal with that Brooke threat when he might know about you at any and he does. But at any point, he could know about you in a quiet way when no one knows that he's publicly died. It's just it's just such a better move that it makes too much sense. And like as friends, they probably do want to play with each other. And that's why, as I'm saying, I, I like and I agree with you. But yeah, there's no real reason for like Dan and Matt to try and partner this up and give each other advice. But for Brooke and Dan, like they're taking this on together. Like they have like true trust. And that's a big thing in this game, no matter what team you're on. So yeah, Brooke's coming to Dan and saying like, you've been doing more of the trader hunter in affect kind of thing. You know, like, hey, look at the people when, the, you know, at these people at breakfast, rather than the people coming in the door. Like they say in, in 27 dresses, you know, look at the groom and the bride's coming down the aisle. You don't look at the people coming into the room. Very, very niche reference. Um, but he's been doing it more in like, here are my trader hunting techniques, but he hasn't been giving names. Brooks like, I want you to give a direct name. So they can help each other, which is invaluable. Like they really have an asset to each other now. And the fact that they've been able to build what is now like Dan's dream team, like him and his good friend who knew it was him. And now like he's A, stopped that issue and has a genuine asset now. Like that is, it was just a game changing move. Like he just, Dan would be gone. And now he's in a great position. Let me say this though, Shannon, if you came up to me and were like, you know, I'm bored. I know you're a trader. Bring me in. But (laughs) there's someone on the cast that is all about mateship. I might just go with the mateship person because I'm like, yeah, they're not going to they're not going to think too far ahead and like try and get me out. Whereas Shannon, she's strategic. She might she might do it later on down the line. 
So but, it's but very it's not. like then you have that strategy on your side, you know? Like, yeah. You could, yeah. Although it didn't this is why well I love the show, though. There's so uh, many different ways to play it. And honestly, it comes down to the personalities and the people and what the house is doing and how you're the mansion or the manor and how you should go about it. So I do love that. I Shannon, agree. Yeah. Like, it, it, honestly, it makes my head spin. The complexity, <laughs> like it, to the point where, again, we like we praise Brody the entire. Well, I praised Brody last week, you know. Wow. Like th- th- that was an amazing, faithful move. And then like getting off the podcast, I was thinking like, what did she gain? And this whole week, like that just stuck in my head. It's like the intention of what you think you should do is not necessarily true at all because of like the twists and turns of it. And I don't even know if that's, the, I don't know that that's the show's intention. I think the show wants to be what mafia is of like this team game. And like, you sh- I think the show wants to reward the faithfuls for taking out a traitor. I think like, I think that they want it to be that duality, but because of the notion of like, TV episodes, we need to stretch it out to 10. Like, God forbid they couldn't recruit. The show would be over next week, maybe. Um, so it definitely would because they couldn't recruit Brooke. Dan would be the next one voted out. The show would be over <laughs> in five episodes and that's what it would be. But they can't do that. It has to play out to a point. There have to be seductions, recruitments. Um, so it's just so much more complex and so much more layered and so much more about like very balanced positioning that you might not even have full control over than it is about what I think the show thinks it's about, which is like, killing traders which is not so it's just yeah endlessly complex and i'm yeah really enjoying talking about that yeah no i'm absolutely here for it and i and i again can't say this enough i absolutely love what we've been getting with traders new zealand it's been so much fun to see it play out now we are about to hit the hour mark without having talked about the challenges and i know the listeners are very much okay with that uh, <laughs> yeah, because I think we're all on the same page. The challenges are kind of there. Uh, they're there mostly for the players than they are for us. Um, and especially with these two challenges, we'll just quickly go over them. The first one was the the bells and the music and the music box and the finding the item, which we've seen on the other franchises. They had three chances to figure out what the song was correlated to the music box, which correlated to a... Uh, thing that they had to go find yeah in the court and they had to go take a photo of it to bring back to paul they nailed all three they got the money it was 4500 total gotten there the second one was a classic game of what are the five differences in the in this room now that you've seen it yeah Yeah. uh there were three teams they got split into three teams for that one that was the second one we had the added layer to that challenge the second one was that the winning team would get a chance to go to the armory and get the shield which does block you from getting murdered that night which would be a lot more exciting and intriguing for us to talk about shannon if not for the fact that two of the four traders were in that team that ended up winning yeah i thought that the most interesting thing about the challenges and this week definitely reverted to a more standard format where you know, I really enjoyed the premiere that was happy to not do a full challenge. just like a little mini challenge and do more. Mm. Um, I thought, you know, I thought it worked because I still think the show is working so well with great casting, really fun players, really great editing where I feel like I know everyone. And that's, you know, been the bread and butter of the show. Um, but yeah, it was definitely the, the standard formatting kind of team challenges, which I think once you introduce the armory, make a lot of sense. There are like actual stakes involved there. Unlike in us traders, there would be teams competing for nothing well it was just that really <laughs> did my head in um, the winning but, team gets the most vibes okay <laughs> that was <laughs> terrible um so it was a much more standard format and i'm definitely least interested in the challenges i think they're easily the worst part of the trade is um especially because like 
they're all being recycled. I mean, they're fine challenges, but they're just they're all being recycled and I just none of them are new. Adding money. Yeah. yeah, I don't. It's not. But the, the armory, that's something I care about. That's something that can be strategically utilized. We're across the franchises. That not, you know, they basically all get some sort of immunity, but, but from the murder. But what I thought was interesting was how Brooke was taking this to like again justice for Robbie, piling on mm-hmm. Robbie. Um, I thought this was so interesting the way that Brooke like because Brooke's been innocent. And maybe that's what Brody should have been a little less trusting, knowing that there'd been a seduction. But she goes to people she really trusts, which includes Brooke, to, which to this point would have been a correct read about how she thinks it's Matt. So he's like, let me try and like kind of slow this down. And he's going in a Julia direction, which, by the way, came completely out of nowhere. Like they didn't even discuss it that we saw at the round Julia table. went from <laughs> being very visible in the first two episodes to vanishing until the last 10 minutes of episode four. Yeah, but she got two votes in that in episode three and it was never discussed. And then it kind of followed on of like, yeah, Julia's like a Julia and Colin, like those are the two kind of more attractive votes. And it Brooke was kind of pushing that, trying to get it off Matt, which again is probably something he shouldn't have even necessarily <laughs> bothered with because what is he gained from it? Let the, let like like Matt just learn, maybe just let that go. Um, but in trying to do that, he he starts with the, you know, the Julia vote. He later puts it on Matt himself by saying, like, if Matt had let me know he thought he had the Julia vote, so he could have gone in that way. Um, I don't know why Matt didn't think that. I don't know why he kind of, it seems that that's why he kind of pivots from Julia. And instead, it's like, if I'm going to try and save Matt, it's going to be Robbie. Not even because we think she's a traitor. Just because she's not being helpful. In town. Poor Robbie. <laughs> Robbie doesn't not deserve what she has She's gone been catching before. strays from oh episode God. one. It's justice so for Robbie. It's Can so we? Fair. You know, again, hour into the podcast, I just remembered something I wanted to talk to you about. Right. Philly. What is where did Philly come from? (laughs) My guy was one of the four people to win the challenge uh, to go into the armory and spoiler alert does not get the shield, but then has the most to say about Robbie. And these are just some of the things Philly puts out there. Philly says that, first of all, Robbie came up to him and said, there is a traitor in our team. Of, Of course, if Robbie did say that, Robbie's not wrong. There are two traitors on your team. Um, <laughs> well, she is wrong. There's two. Right. So, well, I guess that's technically also true. Yeah, right. So that gets to Philly. Philly thinks that that is suspicious. Why would she say that? And then what was the other thing that, that he said that Philly that said asked, to him? We, we have a pact, but they did have a pact. It was about the shield. The pact was about the shield, which was we do not tell anyone whether we got it or not, because that oh, automatically right. makes all four of us that's safe so from murder. That's, yeah. yeah. So Philly... Scared decided to wake up and play the game completely in the wrong direction <laughs> and as I think has now effectively both put a target on himself and on Robbie if you're listening to Philly so that's fun for the traders they kind of got the bundle deal there which is good uh, yeah except that it split the vote <laughs> to the point where Matt went where they would have had the numbers and they, they all split their votes where it's like Dan went in the Julia direction and Brooke and Philly only got Justine onto Robbie which is good. That was for Robbie. And then they split it where they could have had seven votes and it just, it doesn't work out that way. Like they, they weren't set on the, like they obviously couldn't agree on the strategy they thought they would work. So they did two halves or something where one actually seems like it maybe could have worked if they could have got all the votes there. Um, and then I really liked when Brooke voted for Robbie. Um, he was like, Robbie and Philly, like it's all like, he really put it on Philly. He was like, I, 
can't wait to be out of this mess. It's like, but he was also really driving the Robbie thing, but he really was pushing <laughs> it onto Philly. Like, I think all this stuff is pretty suspicious, but I also think that Brooke was a very, very loud, faithful. So now he has to be a loud, faithful when he's a traitor. So he, like, it's not really that suspicious for him, you know, kind of going after someone and being like no, a big voice. Because he's but kept that same just, energy, which you absolutely need to do. You have to do that. And it's important. And I think he does well in that, but it's like, he's just like, it's so unfortunate to go for Robbie. And I love that he's just like, I don't even care if she's a trainer. Like, I just think we should get rid of her and tries to pull people there. And then Vanda votes for Philly. Vanda's voting record is so funny to me. Like, she's doing the act that Matt was putting on. Matt was like, I don't know, Colin. And she literally is like, I don't know, Colin. She has her own personal reasons for voting for Philly, which I guess are fair. You know, she thinks that he can be like, you know, incendiary and he has like these he said she said things you know with no witnesses and kind of just throwing things out there that are more like negative without actually being constructive but she didn't actually try to get anyone over to that and then she just randomly voted like she's not voted with the group once she just votes completely by herself and while matt was doing that as a shtick that people caught on to somehow i think it makes vander seem so innocent let alone there were other things that you know brooke pointed out earlier she was crying because she defended Mike, even though it would make way more sense to pile onto Mike when she's the other name. And I thought that was, that made a lot of sense. That was a great read from Brooke. But now if you're just looking at it, it's like, yeah, Vanda's just doing her own thing. That is, that is pretty innocent. Like, who knows? They're just playing a very independent <laughs> game. Like, let's just, let's just leave Vanda to her own devices. Yeah, I feel like with Vanda, um, she benefits from, first of all, the, the Brody of it all, who said, leave Vanda alone. <laughs> You are not going after, not today, not on my watch, which helps her. But also the fact that she was the only vote for Philly, I think also helps her because it doesn't look like she's working with anybody. She wasn't like actively pushing the Philly agenda. Like it's just a rogue vote that doesn't matter as much. And I feel like, again, the Brody shield does help her quite a bit. But this is the, the absolute fun part of Trader is that literally Matt goes out by a vote of six to four to three to one. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> when if they had all just gotten on side and they, they didn't let this Robbie sus get kicked up when yeah. it was very clear that Brody's command of leave Robbie alone was not going to yeah. get that line moving. But also with Philly locked in on Robbie, I don't know if Philly would have voted Julia there. So I think either way, I was very much hoping that we get a tie vote. Like I I've still I would like to see how a tie vote plays out. But Maybe that comes out in the future. Who knows? Yeah, I think with someone like Vanda, it's like she's never voted out the traitors that have gone, the two traitors, but she also didn't vote out the faithful. She's never voted anyone out. Her vote is completely wasted every single time. She just does her own thing. So that comes across as very innocent to me. And yeah, I do wonder like what would have been the best way between Robbie or Julia to try and get them on the same page. I mean, it feels like it really should have been to just go for Julia, like that already started. She gets the four votes, even just one vote. So what was it? It was five, it was five to four, six to four to three. Four, so three, he, yeah, it would need to be he, like Philly and Brooks need to be working well together. He either need to get Philly or Justine to at least get to the tie um, to, to come w- over with him to vote for Julia. But maybe the votes just weren't enough there for either person or they screwed it up by just splitting because they didn't know what direction to go in. Yeah. Or a little bit of both, maybe somehow. So this is the interesting thing for me moving forward, because now we're about to enter episode five with two traders already banished out of the three banishments that they've had. Do we see the traders begin to be even more vocal and even more pushy towards getting a vote somewhere? Because up until this point, I feel like 
they, they you know, Brooke has suspicions, lays them out a little bit, kind of coyly deflects from, you know, other targets when he can. However, because he did try, he did try to deflect from uh, Matt by saying, listen, I, I could see what you're saying, but Matt's very lovable. Can you get 10 votes on him? And that kind of helped because obviously they only got six for Matt there, but they need to be a little bit more vocal on deflecting, I think, moving forward or getting more votes on side to get out key people they need. Because obviously right now he's fine. Dan's fine. If they go into the next episode and no one says either of their names, they could easily just let whatever happen and someone mm-hmm. gets clipped from the middle. Or do they have a side agenda of, no, we need this particular person out. I think that would help our cause. Um, Maybe they just need traders to stop dying first. That's right, well, probably step one. <laughs> Trader doesn't die once. I think the other thing that lends to this dilemma is that only one banishment has been incorrect. So I think if you cause the incorrect ratio to go 50-50, that is big enough yeah. that they might say, hmm, let's look at you for being wrong now. Because yeah. they could be on their high horse, right? Of like, we got two out of three right, we're cooking. But if you bring the wrong name forth, then you might be suspect. So Yeah, that's what's so hard as a trader. Like you have to be if you have to be loud, like Brooke who's been recruited, mm-hmm. or that's how you're known to be by these people who all know you from real life, or that's how you seem to be, that's how you play. Um, either you be quiet or if you have to be loud or want to be loud, then you have to be loudly wrong. Or you have to sacrifice <laughs> each other, which they at the end of the fact that they, they can't do that now because Dan and Brooke don't want to be doing that for each other. And maybe that is what it, you're trying to be loudly right and you sacrifice someone and then you come across as untrustworthy and your other traders come for you. Such a complex game, Puya. Like the more, and you know, it's very late at night for me and I'm just thinking like <laughs> Layers. on the, at 3 a.m. about, you know, the, the context of, of the whole game. Is, is, it, is it making sense to anyone but me? I'm not sure, but I'm excited by it because I just think it's so fun and complex and just like so difficult to maneuver in a way that yeah it's just really tough like so remakes it look easy but it's actually even just thinking about it is hard yeah there's so many things that go into this there's so many decisions little literally one vote one incorrect vote and one bad explanation of an action could cause it (laughs) we have seen so many people get voted out because on the car ride to the challenge, they said the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. And that's all it takes for them to get ousted. But that makes it very fun for us to cover because we got to break down sometimes the most complex things, sometimes the dumbest things. And that's what makes it fun because we got a little sweet spot with both things happening. I think we've talked about everything that I would want to talk about on this episode um, that we wanted to touch on. Is there anything else that you want to bring up that we may have missed here? No, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I felt pretty bad for Mike, the one banished faithful. <laughs> and just because he wasn't like, he wasn't like, and, and it's the kind of thing that I feel like Brody probably was saying she hated the Mike thing. We didn't hear her say this explicitly, but like, obviously the traders know to celebrate the most when a when a trader goes, you know, mm-hmm. like just because, he, like that's maybe more genuine reaction, I feel. And I feel like, you know, the show is in its infancy. I shouldn't say like, that's always true, you know, like things, things can happen. But I think as a general statement, something like, oh, they weren't celebrating enough. Like the traders will, will know that they should, in that one moment, they should act for 30 seconds. And that's actually <laughs> just like a more genuine, faithful thing of like, oh, human to human, like that poor woman. <laughs> you know what? I like poor Mike for that. And it, just, <laughs> it really was. That was the only pylon we've seen so far that's worked. I think the general rule of thumb 100% is if 
everyone is cheering, you cheer. If everyone's clapping, you clap. If everyone's <laughs> jumping, you jump with them. Because my God, if you do not do yeah. that and you stick out, someone will stick it on you. Someone will say you are part of the problem. And uh, that is absolutely crucial. So for me, we got a trader. I'm doing cartwheels in that room. Even though I didn't mm -hmm. vote the right way or I lost a member, I will actively cheer, laugh, do whatever it takes to just blend in. Because, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. Even if you're like, Lauren's my friend and I feel no, you love that Lauren's out. Screw Lauren. She stole yeah. your money. She you got her out. Woo! Like you have to give that energy. Otherwise, yeah, you're, it's your ass that's going out next. But ironically, Mike as a faithful is thinking so much less about that than the trader that's always thinking about how they're perceived. So yeah. he's not, you know, so that, and that should show his more his innocence. Or it's just that you shouldn't take too much from that one interaction. But Brody said it, you know, she she's looking at the whole of the person, not the interactions. And I'm so glad we got literally the trader hunting tips according to Brody before I'm sure she dies in five minutes. I, it's so funny to me that you have found this new love for, love for Brody I as an emerging so player on reality TV and huh. she might be gone. She definitely gone. If she isn't gone, we will get on here and call these two the biggest dummies to have played traders. Yeah, um, there's no way. The, the, the fact that it's like why should we get rid of Colin to send a message to Brody? I'm like, well, it's not looking great for Brody, yeah. but hashtag prayers for Brody. And <laughs> everyone like just in our like collective group mentality, prayer circle, let's send it back in time that somehow she escapes because I don't know. Like, again, was it great faithful strategy? I don't know because she's about to die probably, but was it, but she's a trader hunter. They're two different things that she's the best trader hunter I've ever seen put her in a different social strategy game where I can see those powers of deduction because that is a read in a million. It was very good. Yeah, I was very, I very much have enjoyed this journey so far with New Zealand. Four episodes in. Mm -hmm. Cast is great. The formatting's been working. The strategy's been there. The, the, again, the fact that they have gotten out two traders in three banishments is practically the record holding right now. We'll see if any other franchise does it differently or better. But for now, we have arrived at the end of the podcast, Shannon. Thank you so much for breaking everything down and also staying up late to, to record this. I do appreciate it. So Let the time. people know, where can they find you and what are the things you have going on right now? Yeah, you can find me at Shannon Gates. I'm talking in less complex terms about Big Brother on the RHAP patron feed where I'm a new Big Brother watcher and I'm just confused. And Rob sometimes explains things to me, but honestly, not as well as he should. I'll say, you know, Rob, what? And he'll be like, I don't know. I'm like, well, you have to know. You're my guru here. You know, you don't like rub the lamp and then ask the genies like, I don't know. You know, like, no, you have to tell me. So I'm doing that with Big Brother. I'm putting the strategy more into this. And yeah, follow me, Ashton and Gates, for all of those thoughts. And hopefully some more Survivor coming up soon. Hey, there we go. Thank you, Shannon, again. Uh, Y'all can find me on Twitter at Puyaism. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. That's where I will be when I'm not podcasting so come through say hi i would appreciate it i've got another traders podcast coming up for you this week we will be talking about the beginning the premiere of australian traders season two that should be very fun i'm gassed to see what peridium's thoughts are on the show and i haven't watched it yet so i'm very excited to see what i'm gonna have to talk about and also i'm in a very unique position where i'm gonna be breaking down two seasons side by side so i wonder mm -hmm. if i'm gonna have a favorite coming out of next week of like oh, actually you know what i think au is the one i prefer more we'll see stay tuned we'll find out and uh, if you are a fan of 90 day fiance i've got two podcasts coming your way on that front as well 
I have 90 Day Fiance The Other Way recorded with Amari Forth and 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Day recorded with Brian Scally. Those will be coming to your feeds soon. And of course, like Shannon mentioned, Big Brother is happening. I am in the middle of breaking some stuff down there. Of course, you can find me Friday mornings on the live feed update for that or uh, this week on the recap Wednesday night after the veto. Did uh, Heisem say some unhinged stuff in his speech? Yes. Will we see it? Hopefully. Can't wait to talk about it. So you can find me there as well. And uh, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate you being here with us. Let us know. Actually, yeah. Call to action. Uh, this is the audience question of the week for us. Let us know. If you had a friend that was a traitor, would you approach them and try and convince them to let you join? Or would you keep that close to the vest? Let us know what you would do on Twitter at Puyaism at Shannon Gates. We would love to find out. But until next time, take care. Have a good one. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.